Support for the Creative Real Estate Podcast is provided by Lead Funding, a great private lender serving Colorado, Arizona, Texas, and Washington State. We at Blue Spruce have worked with Lead Funding and heartily endorsed them. What we love about Lead Funding is that, number one, they're fast. I've personally seen them underwrite and close a loan in just 48 hours. And, number two, they are active investors themselves. That means we'll help you understand the pros and cons of a deal. And if it doesn't look good, they'll advise you on how to make it work or even walk away. They don't look just at the numbers. They have a keen eye for whether there are hidden gotchas in the rehab that you may not have noticed in your own due diligence. Seriously, these guys know their stuff and are great to work with. You can find them online at leadfunding.com or by calling 303-834-3494. And make sure you listen to our interview with lead funding partner Al Robertson in Episode 4. Once again, call 303-834-3494 or just go to leadfunding.com. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm DJ Scruggs along with Adam Adams. Hey, everybody. Hey, Adam. And I'm also here with Manny Perez. Hey, what's up, DJ? I am good. And uh, we're here with one more person, and that is Chris Tanner from Diverse Retirement Solutions. And Chris is going to talk to us a little bit about self-directed uh, retirement accounts. Hi, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing great, man. Doing great. Good to have you. Thanks for coming. And just give us, uh, what's the quick pitch on Diverse Retirement Solutions? Yeah, very simple. So Diverse Retirement Solutions specializes in self-directed retirement accounts. And so in short, that means retirement plans that the individual controls and what comes with that is the opportunity to invest in real estate, precious metals, other things like that. And so a lot of times we end up doing a lot of education, a lot of education in terms of the types of investments you can invest in, what you can and cannot do. Oh, all right, Chris. Um, real fast, uh, I know in this podcast we're going to have a lot of seasoned investors, but we're also going to have some beginning investors as well. Um, you know, tell us a little bit exactly what is a self-directed account or self-directed IRA? Yeah, yeah, great question, Manny. So let's start off with what it's not and what I think most people are familiar with. A traditional retirement plan is going to be one where you've got a financial institution that essentially holds your money and has a probably a basket of options that you can invest in, typically stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And that's really the only thing you can invest in is what they offer you. And I like to call it the menu, right? You can pick from the menu. And if it's on the menu, you can invest in it. But if it's not on the menu, you can't invest in it. Here's the big difference. A self-directed retirement plan gets rid of that just the menu. And what it does is it opens up the ability to invest in real estate, precious metals, some of the other things that we're alluding to. And so you're not just tied to that menu. And it actually opens up the ability to invest in what I would consider sometimes alternative, but also I'd say hard assets. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, because I've actually heard of a few people um, that think that they have a self-directed account because their uh, Schwab or whoever they're going with um, is telling them that it's self-directed. And so they think that, it, you know, they think they can do whatever they want. Uh, but what I found is that really they have um, a menu. Yep. It's called self-directed. It's still called self-directed. And they're, they're adamant about this being self-directed. But they still have just 20 things that Schwab or whoever 
um, is offering them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of funny you bring that up because I actually had a client, this was about a year ago uh, from Nebraska, who called me up and it, exactly what you just said, Adam, was that he thought he had a self-directed retirement plan. And they actually used the word self-directed. But what happened is, is that he had an investment opportunity come up. There was an apartment complex that he wanted to invest in. And when he went to the custodian, and I don't remember who it was, they basically said, well, I'm sorry, you can't do that. And so to your point, there's a real simple way to figure out, do I have a truly self-directed IRA or 401k like what we're talking about? And that is, ask whoever has your money, can I go buy a house, a piece of property and own it from within this IRA or 401k? If the answer is yes, you have a truly self-directed retirement plan. But if the answer is no, you have what I would call a pseudo self-directed retirement plan because it, they put the slap the name self-directed. It's really not. Because I have understand that just in the last few years, although I've heard self-directed happen in like the 70s, is that right? It's like 76 or whenever Na they first 1974, started? 1974. So 74. they've been around a long time. Yeah. Okay. So real self-directed 401ks have been around since the beginning of retirement accounts. Yeah. Okay. But um, what I was going to say is, actually, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> DJ, can we edit that out this time? <laughs> no, we may not edit you it out. Never let but us I'll edit. have a. Uh, I've got a full. I've got a follow up question, which is, so even though it's self directed and you have um, access to more uh, options, it's not the sky's the limit. There's some things you can't do. Yeah, exactly. So it is self-directed. It allows you to invest in quite a few more things, but there are some rules and limitations, and these are IRS rules. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of places where this comes into play. I'd say the biggest thing is this. Yes, you can invest in real estate. So for example, you can go out and buy a house, but DJ, you can't deal with family members or what are known as prohibited individuals. And a lot of times it, it's immediate family. So an mm -hmm. example is, is you buy a house, you have a son or daughter that's going to college and your intent is to have that son or daughter live in that house while they're going to college. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're using retirement funds, that's a personal benefit. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times there are people that you cannot do deals with or, you know, it, it benefit in any way. The other place is uh, collectible items. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to be a true investment. So the IRS kind of draws the line at collectible. So collectibles can sometimes be like an antique car, artwork. Uh, a real common one would be like coins, numismatic coins. Mm -hmm. So you can invest in gold and silver, but it has to be for the silver and gold content. So like you're buying U.S. silver eagles, but you can't mm -hmm. buy an 1885 silver eagle whose real value is in its rarity, not in its silver content. And that's kind of where the IRS draws the line. I'm just kind of curious, um, has the IRS said anything about cryptocurrencies? Do you know anything about that? Wow, great question. <laughs> that's a good question. I like, you know, I honestly would have to check on that because yeah. I don't know. That's a new phenomenon, and man alive, that stuff's doing really good right now. Yeah, I got lucky. I, I bought some, and it's done really well. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I could do this in my IRA. And uh, it, it's, you know, the whole notion of cryptocurrencies is kind of a, gr a big gray area. No one really knows what's going to happen with these things. So I, I, I imagine the IRS is sort of waiting for something to break, and then it'll decide. But they'll just be ambiguous. Something we'll have to follow up on. 
Yeah. You know, I know you can invest in currencies, mm-hmm. you know, U.S., you know, whatever, you know, foreign right. national currencies, but uh, I, I don't know. Good question. <laughs> so I we have a situation, um, a couple of, of the companies that I work with, with these partners and with others, we borrow uh private money, private funds, and sometimes it's IRA funds or 401k funds that's self-directed. And actually, some of them set their accounts up with you. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, uh, we have a partner that uh, that works here in the office with us that um, one of his relatives, uh, mother, uh, is lending on one of our properties. And I just wanted to kind of bring this up to you and hopefully I'll learn. And I hope that everybody who's listening might learn as well because I had a a question I've been telling him if because he brought the deal to us and I want him to have ownership in the deal mm-hmm. automatically so we would pay to have him have ownership but this uh, the the loan the the mortgage that we're gonna have on the triplex is actually um, by his mom okay and so what I'm hoping what I've been telling him is I've been adamant about this and I could be wrong and I know I shouldn't be advising people but I'm like do not let her make sure that not not even a dime of that comes from her IRA because if if you're going to own the property as as a, a, you know a vertical um, heritage or whatever yeah that you can't make a dime on this property if she's putting her IRA is that right or you're exactly right so the relationship here is it's mom and son and unfortunately mom and son is a disqualified person from her IRA. So if he benefits in any way, and this that means he's not living there, we yeah. understand that. Yep. But if he benefits Still, in he any benefits way from the deal, so let me give you some examples of what we could call benefit. Let's just say that the son is a, a real estate broker, just to make it simple. And the benefit is is that when the deal happens, he gets paid some kind of commission. Well, anytime money goes into somebody's pocket, that's a personal benefit. So whether it's a commission or ongoing passive income, like let's say he's even a 5% owner in this deal, but he's making income. That means he's benefiting, then that's a disqualified transaction. And I would say mom's in trouble if the IRS comes a knocking because they can basically blow that IRA up. So it, it you really, if you're gonna go self-directed, you need to be smart about what you're doing and make sure you understand what you can and cannot do, make sure you stay out of trouble, basically. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, companies like mine exist is for that kind of guidance. So, yeah, I have a follow-up on that. So you mentioned um, an IRA can be blown up by it. And I understand there's a difference between IRA and 401k, but uh, but tell us what you mean by blown up. What happens when it's blown (laughs) up? That's good. Blown up's like worst-case scenario. So let's just say you have a self-directed IRA, and let's use your example, Adam, of, Mom uses these funds for this deal, and somehow the son benefits. If the IRS finds that particular deal, the IRS will come, and it will clearly be a prohibited transaction. Blow up means the IRS will distribute the entire IRA. So let's just say mom has $500,000 in her IRA. She no longer has an IRA. The, The IRS basically says that IRA is gone you now have a $500,000 income to you this year. So now you're going to have whatever ordinary income plus penalties. And if the if it goes back two years, there might be some interest involved. Mm. So blow up is a key word. And, and because you brought this up, I want to mention that 
if you're using an IRA, you have to be really, really, really conservative because you put the whole IRA at risk with any one deal. Mm-hmm. A 401k works just a little bit differently in that if there's a prohibited transaction, you have a little more protection in a 401k because it's only the IRS can only go after that one transaction. Within the 401k, it doesn't blow the whole thing up. It's just a 15% penalty. So you're saying if the loan... On the, the mortgage was 40000 but the balance in her IRA was 500000 And they found out that he made a penny on the deal. Yep. F- whether it was because he was an owner and made a distribution or because uh, we gave him a commission for bringing it to us, however that happens, the whole five hundred k would have to pay a penalty and be taxed, and it would be now a taxable account. It's basically a big distribution of 500 That's what they do. They but, distribute yeah. the whole thing. But if it was a 401k, they would slap her hand and say, this 40000 is now taxable, but the rest of the uh, 401k could still be uh, valid? That, that's exactly right. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. They have big difference in their level of protection. So I have a question about the self-directed. because So I have a self-directed IRA, and I've been scrupulous about following the rules, but I want to set up a 401k um, probably next year. Um, <laughs> this podcast is great because I get free advice. <laughs> so <laughs> um, the th- it, it, do I need to set up just for me, or could like the three of us as partners set up one, or do we each set up our own? I mean, what is what's the best way to go about that yeah so that's a great question and by the way dj be aware be wary of free advice (laughs) (laughs) it's worth it (laughs) so 401ks are a little different than iras iras are tied to an individual that's the i in ira all you need is a social security number to set up a 401k there needs to be a business entity or some Mm -hmm. kind of a corporate entity So you can do it both ways, actually. Mm -hmm. If DJ, let's say you own a business and you're the only owner, then that business can have its own 401k. But let's just use for an example, you have Blue Spruce and you're all Mm -hmm. owners and you're you're all wanting to take part in a 401k. Well, anybody that's involved in that business can participate in the 401k. So you can do it both ways. Uh, You can set it up where all of you are covered under one 401k plan Mm -hmm. or you can do it separately. And that 401k still functions more or less like a self-directed when we have a lot of the same options, you know, the slightly looser regulations around what you can and can't do. Absolutely. And so what's interesting about this is like if you were to, let's just say you set up a 401k with Blue Spruce and the three of you all want to participate. Mm -hmm. Your funds are literally held at a local bank. And so what would happen is, is that you would each have your own separate account. Okay. So DJ would have his own account. Adam would have his and Manny would have his so that your money is yours and yours alone and only you would have access to your account, so on and so forth. But you you still get all the benefits. Okay. And are there any rules about like, so I have my own company plus I'm part of this. I'm sure probably a lot of people have scenarios like that where maybe you own your own company, but you also are partners in other companies. And are there rules about like if I set it up with my own company, um, but let's say that company isn't generating a ton of income. Let's say my income is actually coming mostly from the other company. Are there limits on like what I can put into which 401k or for their purposes, is it just like, well, you got income, you can put it in there. Great question. So there are 
yearly limits on these types of plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter how you get there or how many 401ks you have. Mm-hmm. So I'll just use a quick example. The, the, the individual limit in 2017 is 54000 Okay. You could actually be involved in 20 different plans, mm-hmm. but when you hit 54000 and it doesn't matter how you get there, that's your cap. It's across all the plans. Yeah, and so I just had that question last night in a workshop that I ran. One guy was kind of getting creative. He's got <laughs> That's business what we're all about A, here. <laughs> business B, and he was like, "Wow, fifty-four thousand." He goes, "Well, if I put fifty-four thousand in this business and this business, I'm ten companies. That's yeah. a, that's a lot of money." <laughs> Dang. But it just, it doesn't work that way. So you do have, and that's an IRS limit. But they don't care where the actual income that fund the the uh, 401k comes from. Well, so, it does need to come from those businesses. It does need to. Okay. And so it does need to come from the actual businesses that are tied to the 401k. Okay. So in other words, if you're working a W-2 job over here, mm-hmm. you can't use that income to contribute to a 401k. Like say you have an LLC here on the side. Got it. They're two separate so the source of the income is important. So the the um, company that's sponsoring the program has to keep all the funds in that company need to go to that own IR, that 401k or whatever. Yeah, that's okay. exactly right. But that being said, I mean, if you have two businesses and they're both making income, you absolutely can have two 401k plans and contribute to both as long as you don't go over that annual limit and you did you say 5400 or 54,000 54,000 I I hope I didn't say 5400 because (laughs) if I did that was a mistake well because the reason I ask is because a lot of people who have self-directed IRAs say that they can only go to five thousand dollars a year yeah that's right so if you're under the age of 50 the the limit's 5500 if you're over the age of 50 it's 6500 but the cool thing is is that you can do both you know, you can contribute to an IRA and a 401k. Uh, so, but you're right. The, the limit's 54000 So there's actually three zeros after the 54. Okay. Make sure I got that So, straight. So <laughs> if you have an IRA, typically the most you can get per year to, to funnel into that account is about five 6000 But if you have a 401k, the most you can funnel is about fifty to 54000 yeah, so the, a real simple rule of thumb is about 10 times. So wow. whatever the IRA is, you can put roughly, and it's not exact, but it's about 10 times as much into a 401k. And so if, unfortunately, I get a lot of people 50 and over mm-hmm. who they just, they haven't saved a lot. And now all of a sudden, the re- you know, retirement and the <laughs> yeah. reality of I'm getting older hits them. That's one of the reasons they like to uh, work with me is that they can put more money aside quicker to right. get where they need to go. So right. you've already mentioned that um, if you make a mistake, a prohibited transaction, mm-hmm. in the uh, IRA, it blows up, it explodes, it disappears, yeah. it's now taxable. And then you mentioned you could put 10 times the amount every year to funnel into a 401k. Are there any other advantages to doing a 401k? Yeah, and this is my opinion. So with an IRA, there's typically a custodian. A custodian is a plus and a minus. The plus to having a custodian with an IRA is they do the accounting for you. You can go online, you can see your statement. They do all the accounting for you. And so what I would say is for a very novice beginner type investor, that might not be a bad way to go (laughs) because they don't have to worry about doing their own accounting. The downside to that is they don't do it for free. Right. You know, the custodian is going to charge you. 
And the other thing that I ran into, and this is huge in real estate, is that timeliness counts. With the self-directed IRA, you have to direct the custodian to do things. Hmm. And anytime there's a third wheel or a third party involved, timeliness, so it, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So with the self-directed 401k, I have checkbook control. I can move very quickly. And you guys know in real estate, sometimes you got to move today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we, yes, we were just talking about that. Um, yeah, and that sort of, I will say I have one. And setting it up was a little bit of a pain because, you know, you got to set up, an, at least with, in my case, you had to set up an LLC. You had to get the trustee to sign off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the trustee, I would not say, is especially fast. And, the, and it's not super expensive, but I probably end up paying maybe 50 bucks a quarter, you know, yeah. just, to, just for them to send me a statement, even though all, literally all the money is in a bank account I control. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a little bit – I was surprised at kind of what a pain it was to set up. Uh, now I'm glad, you know, now I can do anything with it. But um, Is that an IRA? Uh, yeah, it was an IRA. <laughs> um, so um, we're we're coming up on our we, – we try to keep these short, and we're right at about 20 minutes, which is the perfect length. Um, but before we go, Chris, can where can people find you online? Yeah, so there are a few ways to reach us. Uh, the number one way on our website, it's just www.diverseretirementsolutions. Mm-hmm. So, again, Diverse Retirement Solutions. You can find us on Facebook. Again, just type Diverse Retirement Solutions. Uh, you can also just give us a call. We're at 970-316-2099. And you're based here in Denver, but you actually work nationally, right? Yeah, that's right. So retirement plans, are they're based on federal laws. And so I literally have clients all over the country. So we're wow. not just stuck to Colorado, so to speak. So I can work with anybody in the U.S. I just want to make sure you said www.diverseretirementsolutions. Does it have a .com or? It's .com. Okay, okay. Dot yep. .com. Remember .coms? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of retirement plans were blown up. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yes. It does. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for coming on, Chris, and uh, we'll see you out there on the interwebs. Thank we'll you so br- much, guys. We'll have to bring you back. 